In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, uh, we're talking about sex addiction. This is part two. If you've not listened to part one, jump back an episode, get caught up. We'll be right where we are right now. Uh, and as usual, we're giving away a bunch of free stuff as we talk about sex addiction. Sexy time. Yeah. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David Albright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is going on, my friends? This is David Wright, the Motor City Hypnotist. We are back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, Matt. That is Matt Fox, the other voice you hear. Thank you. We are here in the podcast, Your Voice, Southfield Studios, hanging out, doing a podcast, talking about sex. <laughs> it's a great Monday evening. Oh, man. And having a drink. Hey, might as well start the week off somehow. Hey, might as well. So yeah, uh, wherever you're listening, folks, I know I, I I got distracted there for a minute. I don't know what's going on. What are you people on dope? So uh, we're here in the podcast. Your voice, South yeah, you Studios. Said, I you, said you that. You said that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we're doing a podcast. I yeah. said that also. Happy Monday. And uh, happy Monday. We said that. Deja vu. I introduced Matt Fox. He's here. Hi. Yeah, we're having a drink. And uh, yeah, what's on your mind? Good times. What's on your mind? I don't know. I guess we'll talk about sex. That's, All right. that's what we'll probably yeah, that, do. sex that, addiction. You know, you know, you know, talking about sex, sex addiction. That'll make anybody feel uncomfortable. Well, sometimes. and that's the big thing, folks. I, I mean, I and definitely, you know, we are not a um, a super serious. I, I put it this way: we talk about serious issues, but but we don't we don't get um, bogged down yeah. and and really like vile and descriptive no. or anything like that. I mean, there's a joke or two every every once in a while, but. You know, it's crazy. It's quite pungent. Stings the nostrils. I walked but. into a brothel with a donkey and they, uh... <laughs> sorry, just watched the last, we just finished Game of Thrones. I just finished with a second. I just, I've always wanted to hear the rest of that joke and it never happened. Yeah, right. It never happened. Right. Ended. <laughs> So wherever you're listening, folks, whatever platform you're on, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever it is, uh, connect, like, link, subscribe, whatever it is you do on your platform so that you don't miss an episode. And the most important thing is to leave a review. That is so helpful. It will help me out, uh, help more people find the show, which, of course, is the whole objective of this. So let me tell you where you can find me. My website, MotorCityHypnotist.com. Keep a lookout. It will soon be updated. It will be nice and sleek and fancy fresh. My social media links, Facebook and YouTube, are both Motor City Hypnotist. And on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat are Motor City Hypno. Rock on. And as usual, on every episode, there's a link for a free hypnosis guide that's always there. I know I bring it up every time, but it's there. You know, very few people grab it. So, I mean, there are some, you know, maybe mm -hmm. maybe one one every couple shows, but... Yeah, grab it. It's, it's it's informational. It'll if you've ever thought about going to see a hypnotist or doing hypnotherapy, definitely download this this um, 
PDF because it will it will explain the whole process. So because a lot of people are are fearful or nervous, like oh, it's a, it's, it's a scary or ooh, witchcraft, mysterious, and you know I'm going to go to hell. You know it's nothing like that. Mm. Uh, so so grab that guide. It explains everything. Gives a really clear information on what hypnosis is, what it's not, and you will be. You'll just feel much better about coming to see a hypnotherapist or a hypnotist mm -hmm. after you read that. So yeah, take a look at that. That would be fantastic. All and right. again, leave a review. So, oh, all right, here we go. That's how winning is done. All right. I saw the title. Yep. And I saw it's in the headline. It says Texas. So, yep. but that's all I saw. Texas, so, a Texas trucker, a trucker. Yeah. Alliteration, Texas trucker. Okay. Tom Tebow. <laughs> it was no, a night. No, no. <laughs> Just like tonight. <laughs> no. Um, truck driver, Gary Wilburn was named a highway angel for offering aid to an injured Arkansas state trooper who was pinned inside his vehicle after a serious crash. Wow. The truckload carriers association bestowed the honor and shared the incredible story on the afternoon of October 4th near forest city, Arkansas. Wilburn was driving very slowly in heavy traffic. He came across a crashed state trooper's vehicle on the side of the road. Every other motorist was passing the vehicle without stopping to look inside. A police car was on the side of the road. Yep. And everybody was driving by it yep. and not paying any attention. Correct. It was, it was smashed. It was smashed. But yes. the rule is any cop car that's on the side of the road, you have to get a one lane. You do over. have to get one lane over. Sure. But I but I don't know. They they don't really spell it out. Was it upside down? Was right. it on its side? Who you know, who knows? Right. Uh, I was in traffic for an hour before I saw the trooper. Holy crap. Said the trucker from San Antonio, Texas. How slow was he going? Well, it was a big traffic jam because okay. the accident, okay. probably. Fair enough. Some of the stuff I noticed was insane. No one's calling the police. Cars are driving by and no one stopped to help him. Wilburn, who drives for Anderson Trucking, called 911 and reported what he found. He was banged up really bad, Wilburn said. Lower legs were broken, upper legs were broken, and he was pinned in. Jeez. His legs were crushed really bad. Wow. He then stayed with the trapped officer until emergency personnel arrived and he was airlifted to a local hospital. Wilburn, who was still upset that no one had stopped, did not know what caused the accident, but says he is usually the man for the job. Mm. Here's a quote. I'm that idiot that runs into burning buildings and pulls out pets. Good for him. When I see something like that. I can't keep going on about my day. So right. good, good job. Yeah. Since the program's inception in August 97, nearly 1,300 professional truck drivers have been recognized as highway angels for exemplary kindness, courtesy, and courage displayed while on the job. Wow. So, too, I'm going to make sure I get his first name right. Trucker Tom? Gary Wilburn. Oh, Gary Wilburn. Gary Wilburn, the trucker. Good for him. I mean, you know, it's it's weird because, you know, people... It, it's it's just so easy to drive by something that you see and just think, uh, I, know. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, you know, he's well, saying, let me, let me ask you the question. When was the last time you drove by a smashed car on the side of the road? That was a cop car. Never. My point, mm -hmm. because people really didn't know what really is going on. Hey, right. The cop 
someone's on their way. Nine one way. That's you would think somebody's coming. Right. Right. Nobody was. Nobody right. did anything. Yep. Nobody even called because he until he called. Right. Right. Wow. Speaking of off topic, but kind of on topic, um, my uh, lovely wife and I were, were went golfing yesterday, and we stopped. We we're, we're doing a left hand turn into into Southgate Golf Course. I okay. don't know if you know where that is. I but don't. But it's it's a left hand turn lane. So I'm sitting there, and then right next to us, this car comes and just smashes into this truck in front of us, Oops. like an SUV. Oh my goodness! Bam! Black pieces fly. It was like an explosion of pieces. Did you have some PTSD from that? And uh, a little bit because I'm like I, I'm like oh my god, uh-huh. and, and my wife's like oh. oh. We were just like shocked. And the thing is, she hit it so hard it pushed up, and then she hit him again. Oh like her gosh. foot was on the gas instead of the brake or oh something. My goodness. So we turned in, and I said, "Should we stop?" And uh, and but there were there were like two or three other cars right around them that people were already getting out of their cars. So sure. I'm like, no, they got they got enough people. Right. But I mean, you were had no one though. been around. Yeah. I would I would have certainly stopped to fair to see what was going on. But you know, I'm just getting out of it. <laughs> I'm no Gary Wilburn. <laughs> That's how winning is done. Yes, it yeah. is. So, back to it. I got a tea type in there. Come out. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I need a hot dog and a, and, and a drink and got, got to get my cart. <laughs> I'm not going there. Go on. Boy. That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Oh, a shout out to Alan. Alan checked in a bit ago. He did. Thanks, Alan, for checking in. And as usual, I know you're we're, we're usually on Fridays when we see you, but uh, thanks for joining us on Mondays. I know we messed your schedule up, dude. So, but in the meantime, <laughs> the, the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. We always have to ask Alan that. So we're gonna we're, are we we're gonna continue the conversation around sex. Addiction. We are. Okay. We were talking about sex addiction. All right. So this is a topic that is, it's tough for a lot of people to listen to, Yep. but it's tough for a lot of people even more to talk about. Well, and, and I would guess based on the statistics we went through last episode, probably there are a lot of our listeners who fall into this category. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, it, it, it's... at some point in our lives, we may become addicts mm-hmm. of sex. It depends on the, where, where we're at in our lives and how we're yep. feeling with our relationship and you know, there's a lot that goes into this. So when we started this last episode, Matt, you said, well, what's, what's the definition of it? So yeah. we're going to go through that. All right. And it's a very, it's a very prevalent term. I mean, it's, it's used a lot, but, but it's, it's, I, I would say it's controversial sometimes because what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you say sex addict, what does that mean? I mean, cause there's no empirical evidence or, or anything physiological proof that there's an addiction to sex sure now you can say something like heroin your body there's a physiological need to have a drug okay so it's harder to find something that's a little bit more um subjective but maybe you're addicted to the endorphins that your brain produces when you do come to a climax that might be an addiction in that realm so so as far as defining it a compulsive sexual behavior and a long pattern of sexual behaviors, fantasy, and urges that that you feel like you have no control over. Okay. That that would be a, a general description of it. And these things, these impulses can can cause a lot of stress. People see, and here's the thing: people talk about sex addicts and they're like, oh yeah, they're having fun, whatever. Mm-hmm. But but it causes a lot of emotional, mental, and and sometimes physical distress mm-hmm. because a lot of times people 
And and I've I've heard it from clients over and over again over the years. They're like, I don't know why I do this. I, I feel like crap afterwards. I, mm-hmm. I don't feel good about it. I don't I don't want to do it until I want to do it again. Right. So so that in in and of itself, just that feeling or that change or that that uh, approach to it makes me consider it an addiction. Because if you if you don't want to do it, you still do it. Something's something's right. driving you there. Okay. Um, there was there was a movie, mm-hmm. Steve Martin, a whole bunch of other folks, but it was called Parenthood. Yes. Right. Yes. And the young son. Yeah. He was really self defeating and beating himself up. Yep. Because he was learning about sex and he didn't understand and he had all these mm-hmm. videos, right? Mm-hmm. So who got to talk to him about it? Whoa. Whoa. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. So you what's know, this but- for? It's to record our love. <laughs> sure. Uh so <laughs> but I ain't listening to you no more. But that, you know, but that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood well, masturbation. Of course, for yes, lack exactly. of a better term. Absolutely. But, but just to kind of bring bring it back into context, the mm-hmm. behavior and your there are certain signs that you can look for in your own children when it comes to these types of things. I'm yep. sure you're going to get into that. Yep, absolutely. So let's go. So let's look at some factors that lead to compulsive sexual behavior. One could be chemical imbalances in the brain. Mm-hmm. It could be, it could be something that, that, you, that in general, we would say, Oh, why does one person have a high sex drive and somebody has a low sex drive? There could be a different is difference as far as the brain chemicals go. Are they eating a lot of pineapple or? Um, we'd hope so. <laughs> she would hope so. It's quite pungent. <laughs> Stings the nostrils. <laughs> go on. <laughs> like underlying or co-occurring mental health conditions. We mentioned anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Childhood experiences again, mm-hmm. any type of but abuse. It, it doesn't have to be it sexual. Doesn't, it doesn't have to be sexual, and it doesn't have to be abuse. Even if a child is raised without any physical, emotional, mental, or sexual abuse, exposure to things okay. could be shelter a cause. Yeah, being because I mean, yeah. think think if you're a six year old and you ran across, I don't know, I, I, I'm I'm dating myself, but a hustler magazine. Okay, you know, to a six or seven year old. That's got to be like, whoa, right? What is this? And already there's a seed planted that, no pun intended, that this is something yeah. that is out there. This is like, oh, okay. So, so I mean, something as simple as that could cause something. Even the movie, uh, Look Who's Talking, Bruce Willis was the uh, voice of the baby. Mm-hmm. And John Travolta takes this baby into work. And there's yeah. a young lady. She's like, oh, who are you? And John Travolta leans over and goes, okay, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And the little baby goes, yeah, <laughs> lunch. <laughs> yeah, are, do they know yes. what it is that young maybe? or <laughs> I, I, Probably not as far as a sexual conversation. I'm just kidding. I, I know. I know. <laughs> lunch. Go on. No. <laughs> you've had your limit today. You drink water. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably start drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Not all, not all cases of sex addiction can be traced to like underlying mental health conditions. Mm-hmm. Somebody could be, you know, I, I use this term loosely, typical. Mm-hmm. I never use the term normal. Normal doesn't exist. Um, but preliminary research by trusted source suggests an imbalance of dopamine, a neurotransmitter in the brain, may also impact sexual behaviors. Um, 
If you have a frontal lobe lesion, tumor, or seizure disorder, you may also have a greater chance of experiencing experiencing hypersexuality because so, it's pushing on the uh, it's pushing on that. Well, center. what happens? Um, and I've worked uh, I worked for a while when I was in uh, grad school at a, at a head injury facility. People okay. who have traumatic brain injuries and frontal lobe injuries, you lose emotional control and judgment. Oh wow! So yeah, yeah, that yeah. could also lead to you know, outrageous or dangerous behaviors. Okay. Yeah. Um, so again, a diagnosis is, you know, it's, it's tough because what is an addiction and, and even, even with drugs and alcohol, how do you know somebody's addicted mm. or if it's something they're choosing to do? So from the DSM, we talked about the diagnostic statistical manual, a compulsive sexual behavior that is, uncontrollable by the individual. Okay. And when I say uncontrollable, that they can't stop themselves from doing it. Sure. So the question becomes, how do you diagnose this? And it's really, you know, again, that, that is a very subjective question. Um, if, if somebody's, if somebody expresses to me in session, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I keep cheating on my spouse and I can't stop. And I'm like, well, why can't you stop? What's, what's pre preventing you from stopping? Right. You know, yeah. and we, and we, you know, we want to delve into the relationship issues between the person and their spouse, because that could be part of it. But it, it's, if somebody really expresses a, a, a sincere desire to not do it and they continue to do it, that's an addiction. Okay. So, so I would say the diagnosis is really behaviors and intent. And a lot of times it takes therapy to be able to do that. Hmm. Um. So other signs of sex addiction other than cheating, which again, we'll use a broad term for that, you know, watching excessive pornography. That's what I was going to ask you. Yep. What is the definition of cheating in that regard? Is it cheating? Is it, here, here's, here's my definition. And, and this is my own. I haven't, I've made this up just over years of talking with people. Okay. If you do something that you don't want your spouse to know, or you think they would have an issue with, mm -hmm. that is cheating to me. Fair enough. Now, there are extremes that, you know, put it this way. I've seen relationships where somebody will have a Facebook friend and the other partner will say, who's this? I don't know who this is. You need to delete them immediately. That, that's that's, not that's a little bit over, right? you know. So, so take this with a grain of salt. If you don't want your partner to know, not because of that kind of a reason that they would freak out from nothing, but if you feel like you have to hide it because you know it's wrong, mm -hmm. that's that's the key point to take from that. All right. Um, uh, again, another sign would be masturbating more than you want to. Right. If that makes sense. I've I have had clients, and I'm I'm I, and again this this is a little bit graphic, but I'm just going to tell you, I've had clients masturbate until they bleed. Ah. Because they just have a compulsion to do so. Ouch. Yeah. It, it just happens. Uh, engaging in sexual activities that put your safety at risk. Sure. Your STDs, your venereal yeah, diseases. Yeah. Or, or even locations locate, and people. Right. Sure. I had a, years ago, I had a client who he was addicted to going to the worst possible part of Detroit and picking up prostitutes. Oh, my God. And, and I even asked this, this gentleman. I mean, you could make, you can make better choices. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, but that's, I, I th they don't really interest me. Th th this, the danger of it oh is what gosh. excites me. Wow. So, I mean, 
And here's the big thing. If you're neglecting other aspects of your life for sexual activities, <laughs> I, can't I mean, in. I can't come into work today. I'm, I'm watching porn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bleeding. I can't come what into work. What places today. are you talking about? <laughs> oh boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. I mean, really, there are examples. If you skip work or school because you want to stay home and watch porn, if right. you, if you, if you, uh, uh, you know, decide that you don't want to go on family vacations because you want to be alone for a week to mm -hmm. watch porn by yourself, right. th these are all problems. That, and, and and here's the thing. And and believe me, folks, I'm I'm not putting a a, a judgment on porn itself. I'm just saying there there is a balance. Mm. There there is a. It's, There's it's a happy yeah, medium yeah. as far as a lot of these things go. It's not the most, it's, it's not a great outlet, if you will, porn. It's not the, it's not an outlet that you should reach, search out. It, 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 but it's okay in certain circumstances. I, I would, I would relate it to drinking. Okay. You know, having a drink or two is not as, as in and of itself is not a bad thing mm -hmm. unless you're compelled to do it and you do it too much Fair and enough. it overtakes your life okay. and it interferes with things. Okay. Um, in fact, there are many couples who enjoy porn together. I, I wouldn't see that as unhealthy as long as both parties are are in on that. Right. That that's fine. That that that's a healthy sexual mm -hmm. relationship when a when a couple engage in that. Right. I, I agree with that. Yes. Yes. Um. So, as far as as far as is diagnosing it, I I I and I always say to clients because they'll ask me. A lot of clients will ask me. Well, you know what what what's the diagnosis? And I'm like, well, what, what do you feel like it is? I, I because I'm not, I, I don't like putting labels on people, but mm. if somebody feels depressed, I say, did you feel like you're depressed? Mm -hmm. And they'll say, yes. And I said, okay, that's, that's fair enough. If you feel it, that's your reality. Okay. So I would say you're depressed. Okay. So for a sex addict, I, I would ask questions. I like, do, do you feel like you do things that you don't want to do? Do you feel like you're out of control? Do you feel like you can't manage it? And if they say yes, then I would say you you have an addiction. Okay. It's like any other addiction. If you can't stop drinking, even though you want to, mm -hmm. that's an addiction. Right. So so it's very it's a it, it is a bit subjective, but with the right questions and and knowing a person, and and this is like anything else. It's it's not there's not certain things like if you meet these five criteria, you're in. It, it depends on the person, and it's very subjective and personal. When it comes to addiction, one of the things that I really battled with was mm -hmm. with smoking. Yeah. Right. And I, still, and I still battle, you know, with that. But mm -hmm. a lot of folks would ask me, why haven't you quit yet? And my 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 response is because I'm not ready to. Right. Do I want to quit? Yeah, but I'm not ready to quit. Right. I'll know when I'm ready. And and I say that to people all the time. People that come in to see me for hypnosis to stop smoking. The, the first question I ask when they sit down, I'm like, on a scale of one to ten, how badly do you want to quit? One, not at all. And ten the absolutely most I can want. Sure. Um, if, about a four. <laughs> yeah. No. And if they say that, I tell them, I, I, I don't even continue the session. If they're, if they say four, I'll say, I, I can't help you. Mm -hmm. Unless you're above an eight, eight, nine, 10, this is not going to work for you because you don't want to quit. Cause psychologically you're no. not there. Right. All right. Absolutely. So here's the question. Can sex addiction be treated? I think it can. Okay. So, so there are treatment options available. I mean, one is, is what we call psychosocial type things. Psychosocial. Okay. Yes. It's the link between social influences and your behaviors. Like, do you hang out with people? Like, 
Okay. I'll I'll, I'll make up a random example. It may not be good. Say you hang out with two or three buddies and they all sleep around. Mm -hmm. So you sleep around because that's what they do. Right. Um, You know, it's putting yourself in better social circles that don't engage in those types of behaviors. Okay. Um, there's a lot of support groups out there also for sex addicts. Of course. Um, and, and I'll, and, and these will be in the show notes as we get to that. One of the biggest things I think is cognitive behavioral therapy. That really is the way. And, and you know, the theme of the show, we've said it a million times, change your thinking. Mm-hmm. You have to change your thinking about sex and what it is mm-hmm. and what it means to you. And, and I've worked with clients. I said, what other than the physical feeling of, of, of an orgasm, what, what do you get from this? Right. Did you, do you get a feeling of connection or do you get a feeling of, of somebody? And a lot of it, I, I'll be honest. A lot of it's a lack of self-esteem. Mm. People get their self-esteem many times from physical interactions with other people because they might not feel like they have anything else to offer, mm. but all, yeah. I can do this. And if people seem to like it, that bolsters somebody's self-esteem. And then they want that more. I made her knees buckle. Well, what yeah. else can I do? I mean, you know, and I guess as far as bolster, you know. <laughs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. But but do, people do find self-esteem in the act of sex. They they especially somebody who's, you know, may, maybe they're maybe they're aging, maybe they're kind of past their prime sort of speak and right. they feel they still feel like they can get that that feeling of oh somebody really likes to do this with me mm-hmm. uh, but psycho or, or cognitive behavioral therapy is definitely a way to change your thinking and realize that it's not the act that you're looking for you're looking for your own you're, you're looking to increase your own self-esteem and and that is not going to do it because if it did you do it with your partner right. or or you wouldn't have to keep doing it because you would feel good already. Sure. Um, couples therapy is a big one. Ooh, okay. Because here's what happens in many times where I've been in situations where a partner's cheating on their partner. The, rela- the There's already an issue in the relationship. Mm-hmm. There, there's already something wrong. I can almost guarantee it. And And even though a lot of times couples might not realize it, that there's something going on. Mm-hmm. I mean... How are you going to wipe a table with this little, it's not even wet. I mean, if you live with that woman, (laughs) at some point, there's going to be a disconnect. There is a psychological connection to how you are treated when it comes by your partner. Yeah. When it comes to being engaged with them in in sexual activity. Mm -hmm. All you can think of is what you just played. What are they going to say later to me? Right. Right. But or or yeah, or if you're lacking that emotional or even physical, and I'm not saying sexual connection, physical connection. Mm-hmm. I, I've 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 asked couples this, and this is a big thing. I'm like, what, what what is your routine at night? What do you do? And they said, Well, we watch TV. I said, Well, what are your proximity to one another? Do you sit next to each other? And I'm telling you, most of the time when people are having issues, they sit on separate sofas or separate chairs watching TV without without even being near each other and, and and this may sound trivial, but it's not, if there's not this, this physical connection, when you go out, do you hold hands? Right. Do you, um, and, and again, none of this is sexual. 
it could be it could lead to that if you're in a and if you're in a relationship and in, in a marriage or 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 committed relationship but you know do you hug just for the sake of hugging without looking to get more foreplay what is that <laughs> <laughs> comes after three play <laughs> How many people have to be involved here? No, no, don't shut me up. No, I see what you said earlier. So do you hold hands? It could potentially lead to a. Well, see, but that's the whole thing. And 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 I, there, there's a comedian, and I I I, I want to give her credit, and I don't know her name. She's fantastic, but um, she's gay. She's a lesbian. Okay, but she was talking. She does this whole routine. She goes, women or men. She's talking to the men. She goes, man, I want to talk to you for a minute. She goes, you know. I know most of your wives are not gay, but I could get laid by them. <laughs> you know, Shall I just want to show right? a little attention, mm -hmm. compliment them, do a dish, fold some laundry in your end, <laughs> you know, just, just do something. Was that, was that uh, the young lady that was in the uh, Star Trek discovery? I don't, uh, I don't know if that's the same one. Okay. I don't know. It sounds I, like she would say I'll that. I'll have to look, I'll have to look for a bit, but she's got a point. If, mm -hmm. if, sex sex in a marriage or in a, a committed relationship there are all these other dynamics that come into play that affect how you feel about one another and if you're not close emotionally mentally most and, and again i'm generalizing here most women don't feel sexual towards somebody they're not connected with emotionally or mentally of course now generally speaking again i i hate I hate this doesn't apply to everyone but most men are like okay whatever let's go they don't they don't care if they're angry or not you know or or in a right. good place in the relationship or not but um so anyway the, the couples therapy is a, is a is a good good way to try to address some of these issues now there are no medications to treat sexual addiction um you Petro know petroleum jelly doesn't work. i don't know it's crazy ky um but I mean, if it's something that's very serious, there, there, there have been studies done where they they do hormone therapy to kind of counter to kind of reduce your levels, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Especially with men, high testosterone levels, if they bring that down. You might have a lower sex drive, and that could help. But right. that's not really. So here's the thing: if you feel like you have a compulsive sexual appetite, or or that you are a sex addict, that's the really the thing. And here's the things here's the things to kind of evaluate. Do you progressively take higher risks during sexual activities? And that may mean doing dangerous things, unprotected sex, having sex with more people than, than you want to, um, having sex in dangerous situations. If you hurt yourselves or others during sex, if you have difficulty getting important tasks completed because of your behaviors, then you need to ask that 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 you probably need something. Hmm. So now there are a couple things, um, and 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 I'm not, and I don't, I, I don't want to downplay this. A lot of people with sexual addictions contemplate suicide because they don't feel good about themselves. They feel guilty about doing what they do, and they don't want to do it anymore. So they will contemplate suicide. So wow. so definitely, if you if you're if you're at that moment, if you're at that kind of a thing, there's a crisis hotline, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And this will be in the show notes, 800-273-8255. Repeat that. 800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Line. So we all know that the dangers of this, STDs, physical injury, loss of time and productivity, financial issues. I mean, 
you know, I had, a, I, had a, I had a client who was paying for hotel rooms every two weeks and was eating into the finances of the family. Of course. Um, arrest for solicitation, which again, a lot of these danger activities, loss of employment, if you're missing work to, to, right, to satisfy these, be, these, these urges. Or you're spending the night in jail. Unrealistic right? sexual relationship expectations. Again, we go back to porn and that whole fantasy of that. Loss of intim intimacy, loss of trust with your partner. These are all problems. These are all problems. But if you work on the relationship or even just on yourself, a lot of these things can be can be resolved. So there, there's tons of things, tons of resources. Sex Addicts Anonymous is one. American Psychi Psychiatric Association, American Psychological Association, National Alliance on Mental Illness, National Institute of Mental Health. Project Air. These are all programs that can help or at least guide you in the direction of somebody. Now, here's the thing. If you feel like that you are a sex addict, then nothing will change until you do something. So the best thing I can say is that you need to, you need to see someone. You need to see a therapist, somebody who's dealt with this, somebody who's worked with sex addicts in the past. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I'm that that's not a majority of my caseload, but I've done plenty of it over my 30 years of, of doing therapy. So the big thing is, is that you need to make changes. You have to do something different to get past this. And, and you can, even as hopeless as it may feel, you can get past it and move forward in a much healthier relationship. And again, it's all about changing the way you think, which is going to change your behaviors. And that's done through therapy. So if you are out there and you think that you are a sex addict, definitely call someone. Doesn't have to be me. Doesn't have to be my place but call somebody and, and start to work on it because it, there, there is hope you can make changes and you can live a good, uh, what's the word? I don't want to say ideal, but, but a good productive relationship with someone and a balanced sexual. Yes. Life. Yes. And a balanced sexual life. That's realistic. Absolutely. All right, folks, that is sexy time. Sexy time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Check out the show notes. All the references will be there. All the, the places I mentioned will be in the show notes. Again, take care of yourself. Change your thinking. Change your life. Laugh hard. Run fast. Be kind. We'll see you next time.